41 of the Motor City Metrics podcast. We're here to talk about Detroit Tiger baseball and uh, a few things MLB tonight. Uh, as you can see, I am flying solo. This has the, been the Beer Hall Putsch. I'm taking over. Uh, the other guys are just out, you know, and I'm sending them down. I'm bringing up Colt Keith and Justin Henry Malloy. Uh, no, no, no. Just kidding. The, the boys are uh, in various places tonight. Raj is on his way, should be here soon. Um, we're going to talk a lot about where the Tigers are, what's happened in this uh, this kind of sullen week of baseball, and uh, where things are going to go in September. Uh, hopefully, some of you folks are watching today. Uh, afternoon game, beautiful day in Detroit. Uh, the, uh, the Tigers came out and uh, luckily broke uh, their losing streak. Uh, it had been a pretty sad week. Um, you know, we were on Monday night. They had... They had been dominated over the weekend by the Astros. Uh, the Yankees rolled into town and took three games. And they were looking for their first four-game sweep in Detroit uh, since the 1920s. Something like 66 consecutive four-game series over the years since then that they had played in Detroit. And they had never swept one. Um, so today was their chance for four in a row. And... To Detroit's credit, they came out and played a pretty good game today. Um, you know, it got kind of dicey at the end, which we'll talk about. But uh, it was good to see a few things break Detroit's way. Matt Manning, let's talk about him first. Uh, he took the hill today. Uh, he's doing some incredible things. Uh, over his last few outings, uh, I believe he's gone 23 outings, allowing two earned runs. Uh, just limiting contact, uh, hard contact. and getting outs and just getting through six innings every start, looking very good doing it. Not striking out a ton of guys, but also not walking a lot of guys, uh, not allowing a lot of power. Uh, very impressive. He's moving the ball around the zone. Uh, he used his slider a bit more than his fastball today, got away with it, he kept it in the yard uh, against a team with a few power hitters, although Aaron Judge was out. Let's always put that out there. Anytime Aaron Judge is out, you're pretty happy. So that worked out pretty well for Detroit today. Um, really what happened, uh, a couple of nice defensive plays as well behind um, Manning uh, and, and then his bullpen. When um, Jason Foley came out there, uh, you know, he has, he's been a little up and down lately. Uh, Foley got a great play by Zach Short, who ended up having quite an impact on this game. Uh, Zach Short hit the home run today, uh, was on base another time, made a wonderful play for Foley behind the mound on a chopper that looked like it was going to be a really cheap base hit that could start a rally. Uh, but then, of course, in the ninth, uh, Zach Short's out there, makes a diving play at Short, goes to scoop it to second base to Ibanez and uh, fumbled the ball for a half second, allowed uh, the runner to get to first and, and missed the double play. And sure enough, uh, two pitches later, Volpe, Anthony Volpe, puts one into, into the seats uh, against uh, Alex Lang. So Alex Lang came in today getting the save opportunity. Again, he's been uh, kind of enigmatic throughout the entire summer, and that's probably being kind for a lot of what we saw. And today was just another one of those things. Uh, certainly if he had gotten the double play, uh, he gets out of the inning, everything looks fine. The hits he gave up, you know, it was interesting uh, the first one was a bunt hit. Okay, fine. They took advantage of, of, of a shift. Uh, the second one was a blooper. 
Uh, it looked like a big swing. The guy just didn't really catch all of it and ended up landing in no man's land in front of Meadows and Green. So, but then also Lang was, it seemed like his, his curveball, he was kind of letting it up in the zone. And and luckily the Yankees just weren't mashing early in the inning. Uh, and then he almost got out of it. Guess the bad break was short. And then Volpe takes him deep. So and he rebounded to get Stanton right away uh, in two pitches. So it's just kind of one of those outings again. You know, you, you hate the, you, you don't want to say Lang was terrible, but at the same time, he didn't look impressive. Uh, and I think that's what we're going to see a lot more of down the stretch, kind of that up and down, uh, unless they really get something figured out with him. Uh, you know, his fastball is just very hittable uh, when it's in the zone. And he's just not spotting it well. And like Volpe took that one deep today. So uh, I really think what's probably going to happen is they're going to let Lang at least close unless the, the roof really caves in probably for the rest of the season. They might as well give him these opportunities. He is their closer. He probably will share a little bit with Foley um, and that will work out fine to get through the season. So where is Detroit? You know, they, um, again, with the Yankee series, kind of proving that the Tigers are just not up to snuff if they were in the AL East, for instance. You know, the, the record has been woeful against the East all year. Um, and again, this series this week showed a team that's not the vintage Yankee team that we have seen over the last few decades. Uh, they're not a powerhouse team. They are, they are deeply flawed in a lot of respects uh, and a little bit thin in some spots on their roster. And that's reflected in their standing uh, in the AL East. We are in last place. But for a last place team, you know, there, there are some good ball players there. And they came into Detroit and they were ready. They were ready to beat the Tigers for the first three. And they were convincing wins. There was nothing fluky about any of them. So what goes on from there, it just shows us what, where Detroit stands in terms of what needs to happen over the next few months. Because, yes, the division itself that the Tigers are in in the Central should be pretty winnable. And in a lot of respects, you can say, well, all that matters is if they win their division and if they get into the playoffs, that's fine. But I think we're seeing um, when Spencer Torkelson and Kerry Carpenter and, and um, Riley Green aren't really super hot. Uh, there's no one else in that lineup that strikes fear into very many uh, pitching staffs around the league. Uh, there's just no depth to the lineup. There's a lot of mm, close to automatic outs. And we'll just have to, you know, going forward, see if Detroit can lengthen that lineup a little bit. Um, the goal, what's the goal? The goal is to win the World Series, right? That is the overall goal in Detroit, I hope not to win the AL Central. You can say we got you got to do one before the other, yes. But again, if you're going to go all the way, beating teams like the Yankees should be um just part and parcel of getting it done. And again, this week barring with, ex with the exception of today's win, which was very nice without judge in the lineup, uh you you saw the chasm between what the Yankees are even in a weakened state and what Detroit is at the present time. 
uh, and it, it's 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 not good. So uh, where do they go? You know, we're going to talk a lot about those things. Uh, we're going to talk, you know, tonight, Colt Keith and Justin Henry Malloy have hit back-to-back home runs in Toledo to once again um, add fuel to the fire to all the folks out there who want to see the Tigers make the move and bring those two youngsters to the big leagues and get their career started and, you know, start basically start 2024 in 2023. I mean, that's really what this is about, right? Um, bringing up Colt Keith and Justin Henry Malloy and maybe Wenzel Perez and, and whoever else you care to name who, who's playing the Chrysler hit a home run, I believe tonight as well. Um, bringing those players up now is just a start for 2024. It has nothing to do with 2023. The Tigers are not contending. Um, so whether those youngsters can help them win a few more games down the stretch in September, that's fine. I mean, you're happy about that, but it's really about a getting them situated in the major leagues and B seeing what they have uh, at the present time, how much more work they would need throughout the winter and into next spring and C are they ready uh, to face big league pitching and be successful and help the team win in 2024? All of those things are very possible um, to find out over the course of a month. But there's always that old saying, you know, the things you see in September aren't always real for those young guys. Uh, so, you know, do you think Scott Harris is ready to, I don't want to say sacrifice the, the service time, but to just bring them on board really shake up what I believe is probably has been his plan has been to wait and be patient with those guys uh, and then let launch their careers next year in the big leagues at some point. It's really hard to say. I mean, I can, I understand all the people out there who are, you know, interested in, in starting sooner and getting those players in the majors and, and seeing less of Zach McKinstry and seeing less of Zach Short and less of Andy Ibanez uh, and Akil Badu and a few others uh, who have been sources of consternation all the time. Um, I just don't know if that's going to happen. I, I, I just have a sense that Scott Harris is going to stick with whatever his plan was and isn't going to let um, some short-term, hap- short-term happiness uh, change what may be his principles in terms of letting those players start next season. Uh, and there's also the fact, you know, they might want them to um, uh, be down in the, in the minors for the playoffs when they start. Um, you know, people kind of scoff at that sometimes, but I think those kind of things are important um, for players to participate in the playoffs, you know, in double a, especially um, let the owners make some money. Uh and, and put a good product out there. Also, you know, where we go next year uh, with this club probably isn't that dependent on what you see from Justin Henry Malloy and, and Keith uh, in 60 to 70 at bats this, this fall. Right. I mean, I think they know what they have. Um, and that might be part of it too. They just want them to work on their defense uh, in the minor leagues and then, you know, work through the winter, get ready for spring, hopefully make the big club, uh, out of Lakeland. 
but you also have to look at the arguments made out there that, yeah, the season's over in Detroit. They're kind of playing out the string. Why couldn't they be working on their offense in Detroit and also learn playing defense in the big leagues? Because if the Tigers win a couple less games uh, throughout the course of September, who cares? It's really not that big of a deal. We just don't know. And that's, again, something we've talked about many times. We don't really know yet. And I know he's been here a year. We don't really know yet what Scott Harris's MO truly is. Um, That's something we're going to have to learn over the course of, you know, the better part of a half of a decade before we really get a sense of what his management style is. He, He comes here as... You know, obviously he had his time in, in, in San Francisco, but he wasn't the man in charge. And uh, with that said, oh, hey, Raj is here. Raj, Sorry about have you that. been here long? No, I just literally got on. I thought John was going to be here with you. So um, I've just been talking and talking. Oh, talking. oh it's <laughs> anybody out there who does a solo show. Congratulations to them. Yeah. Let me tell I did, you. It, I did it the other day for the first time. Like I went solo for almost a half hour with uh yeah. chris and that was that was weird that was really weird <laughs> but uh nevertheless um i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt your flow no it's fine i'm tired <laughs> <laughs> no um so by the way props to stan who gave me the uh, stan gave me some uh, news about winsteel perez and andre lipsius were pulled in the seventh inning of the toledo game tonight Ooh. So they, they are both on the 40-man roster, and so it's still worth considering. Interesting. Well, Lipsy has set a homer tonight. Yeah. And uh, outside of Cole Keith, Winsteel Perez is the second-best hitter in Toledo over the last 60 days, or last, you know, since the middle of July, really. But, yeah, there's a – yeah. And you, you're, yeah, you're doing a fantastic job. I'm sorry. I feel like I threw you off the whole thing here. No, not at all. I'm ready. Let's 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 do our show. That's fine. All me. right. All right, so welcome into another episode. Thank you for everybody who was sticking around on YouTube here. Appreciate the kind support for Youper Youper is uh yeah, I could if if I, it's nice that after doing this for almost a decade that if if Chris and I cannot do the show, I know that I could trust the hands with Youper or John. So, a lot yeah, a lot to get to today. We we're just talking about those two that are potentially could get called up. I think it would be we'll see what happens here as the Tigers head to Chicago to take on the White Sox. We're going to talk about the White Sox in a little bit. They have a new man in charge. They have a Michigan man in charge. <laughs> Necessarily, White Sox fans are not too thrilled about that. We'll get to that. Um, but let's start with the, uh, the kind of news today a little bit with Casey Mize through a bullpen session at Comerica Park and then shut it shut it down halfway through. And so mm. the, I have what he said right here, Uber. So let me, let me pull that up real quick because I thought, uh, did you see what he said? No, I did not. Uh, here's a statement right here. I'm going to put it on the screen for everybody here. And so for everybody who's watching us on YouTube right now, Lipsius was the other one that got pulled out of the inning, their deadly ninja bees. So for those at home, I'm going to just read just a paragraph from it. And you can find it, the rest of the article. Evan Petzl did a really good job with it. Uh, the, just read the first part. Quote, no concerns. I love being up there throughout the process, but this is the stuff you're all seeing for the first time. This is not linear at all. In Lakeland, guys spent months with setbacks during this, and nobody hears about it because they're away. There's just fatigue and feelings that are coming along with hitting a new step or doing something new that I'm going to have to work through. I've been doing this the entire process, and I'm going to do it now. There's nothing new and nothing concerning from our end. 
for what the process looks like. It's just a hurdle to get through. And then he goes on and talks a little bit more. And I'll actually, you know, I'll just read the whole thing. That's a slightly negative part about it. No hate or anything, but that's the stuff you guys are able to see when we're up keeping out of spotlight down here in Lakeland. I still wouldn't trade it. I love being up here. I love it. But I'm just saying, you are all seeing the process of what it really looks like. It's not linear. It's not pretty. It's not amazing. It's ugly and it's tough. There's stuff that comes up to you, up that comes up that you wish it wouldn't. But you do what you got to do to get ahead. Or you get through. That's what we're going to do. Overall, I feel good about the direction I'm heading in and feel really good about everything. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, the first thing that pops out in my mind is uh, I, I understand what he's saying. You know, it, it's not like every, you know, every time you take the mound, you're going to feel 3% better than you did the night, the time before. Uh, it makes sense that different little aches and pains come up. I mean, who knows? I mean, he might have had, you know, uh, a little twinge in his hip or something, uh, or just a bad back for a day. And you just don't want to hurt your arm while you're going through that. So I can see shutting it down if you're feeling a little just mildly uncomfortable and go, go at it again the next time. Yeah, and you know the thing is, Uper, the Vossi was encouraging. You saw, you heard ninety four, ninety five, so that was encouraging. Again, I don't really, I didn't think too much of it either. I mean, it's just one of those things where you saw this in my first hand experience was going down when I went to Lakeland this year and seeing like Michael Lorenz and it was Spencer Turbo. You know, just they would they would stop and just would have it for the day. I mean, in especially mm-hmm. early on, there's a kind of fine tuning everything a little bit, so. Maybe he just there's something that, especially him coming off the surgery, he did. I don't know. I I, I know Tiger fans want him back in the rotation, and like because they them their rotation's been another part of the rotation. By the way, speaking of that, Alex Fado is going to be a multi inning reliever per yeah. Andrew Hinch and Evan Woodbury tweeted out earlier today about I, that. So I did see that. So kind of I understand why fans would be frustrated because. Depth is right now. It's, it's bare bones right now. It's bare bones at the moment, and so yeah, I, I don't know. I'm you. I'm not really. I'm not really worried about what he said. Really, honestly, it's it is what it is. You know, uh, I we just talked about him the other day, but I'll reiterate a little bit of what I said. I'm excited to see him next year when they give him the the full go, and what kind of picture we see in Casey Mize. Uh, only because back in his draft year, there was no one else to pick that really challenged him for the overall first overall pick. But it scared the heck out of me at the time that the year before he was shut down with forearm discomfort. You know, he got through it. He came back the next year. But you had to know that was, you know, ticking time bomb sounds dramatic. But, you know, it, it was there was something brewing, probably. And I always wonder in the in the first couple of years he was in Detroit, where sometimes we were a little underwhelmed with his stuff. Uh, was he pitching around that issue as best he could before it finally went? Um, so I am really excited to see him come back next spring and be full go Casey Mize. That would be a, a lot of fun to, to see, and hopefully it is what we hope it is. No, and that's one of the things where – is a we've heard things that he was pitching hurt in Erie. And so there's been talk about that since even since days in college. So who knows how long he's been in the state. So 
the splitter, hopefully we'll see the splitter again. I mean, that is a pitch that's coming back in vogue, but I would be fine with him just going out there and doing what Matt Manning has done. Matt Manning is, the numbers are not, he's just going out there and pitching, but it was just one of those things where he's gone out there and getting the job done. It's not exactly pretty, but still, I mean, there's no joke. I mean, the numbers he's put up has been able to keep the Tigers afloat. They won today, although despite the meltdown, we'll talk about that series here in a second, but I just would like Casey Myers to at least be a pitcher. Yeah. You know, it's, it doesn't matter to me if it's, if you can go out there every day and pitch, um, then that's what he needs to do. And again, you know, this is part of, I don't want plan as far as like him coming back when he wants to, I'm okay. And okay. Okay. BK said that too. Um, is he said if he's ready for 2024, I agree. There's no reason to rush him right now, especially with the season no. technically over for the Tigers. Yeah, yeah, no question. I just, I just think back to his first couple of years in Detroit, and I talked about it on the show back then. His fastball just was the least scary looking fastball around. Okay, I just, I'm, I'm just excited to see if there's more life to it. Uh, if he's able to challenge people a little bit more. I, I just have to believe no one ever felt uncomfortable uh, in the batter's box against Casey Mize that we saw the first year and a half or so. Uh, I want to. I'm hopeful that's a, a big change when he comes back full strength. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how he's going to complement that with his slider because the slider is. I mean, it, it, that was a pitch he was working on that was it had some really good movement to it as well. But I think the split finger. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it just seems it's one of those pitches that. They don't throw right away right after surgery because the amount of torque it has on it. So, yep. Uh, so another interesting number today that came out, uh, Zach Short's home run in the fifth gave the Tigers 39 home runs in August. The most they've scored in eight months is they hit 41 in September 2008. And that was a, a tweet by uh, our own Chris Brown, who will not be joining us this evening. And um, yeah, that was, I mean, the, the power has been nice. I mean, but it, yeah. they were outscored 17-9 in the series. And Chris also tweeted out Spencer Turkelson's with numbers on, excuse me, the guys on battery, you know, not getting, getting the guys on base home. So that presented an issue. And the Yankees, it, it came at the right time for the Yankees because the Tigers, I don't know, it was a really, it was a series of last, it's just like the balloon deflated a little bit. You know, before you got here, I was talking a little bit about it. I just think it shows where Detroit really is. I mean, they they were outclassed by the Astros last weekend. And it wasn't quite as pronounced against the Yankees, but you could still see that even this weekend Yankee team that is nowhere near some of the wonderful Yankee teams of days past, they still got a better outfit, you know, top to bottom. Uh, It just shows where Detroit needs to go. Yeah, and yeah, especially Sunday's game against Houston. That was just a, that was just an embarrassment. It was one of the most yeah. embarrassing games I've seen in a while, and you could just tell the Tigers just looked spent. Yep. But uh, no, it's interesting because around the division, I mean, they go to Chicago. Chris gets, and that whole situation to me, I don't know about you, Uper, but doesn't it seem a little quick? I mean, it oh. seems like a, like a coup or some sort. Like it was just a, a White Sox coup going on. Well, there's always been those whispers that Chris Getz was very popular and, and in Reinsdorf's uh, you know, circle. Uh, and I think Larusa may have liked Getz a little bit, you know? So there could still be some Larusa love trickling in that organization. 
Um, so I, I can't believe that. I think they put it out there that he they, they, they didn't interview anyone else. They, they looked at no one. That's amazing. For that job, I mean, that critical position to build that team and run that organization, they did not even consider any other outside sources of talent. They just think Chris Getz is the man. You know what? Hey, that's fine. You know what? That's fine because if you're a Tigers fan right now, you're going, nice work. Nice work, Jerry yeah. Reinsworth. Nice job. Same as same boss. Mm-hmm. Same, or meet the new boss, same as the old boss, is the who wants saying. Because <laughs> that's just it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you, you like White Sox fans are furious, and rightfully so. You literally yeah. did you have an uh, organization right now that is this is the reason like White Sox fans have a chip on the shoulder because obviously everyone you know the lovable cubs and <laughs> old bk with the comment in here there's the old goat there's a ghost of william clay ford senior <laughs> he possesses <laughs> oh yes that was a good one um good to see you in here by the way samuel uh a friend from montreal in here on, on our youtube chat no <laughs> just okay fine you want to hire chris Getz? by all means let's look at his experience shall we let's look at chris Getz's experience as what he's been able to do for in terms of his GM or his GM experience. Shall we show you that? Mm-hmm. See here. He is a Michigan man. I mean, that, for whatever that is worth. I mean, he's from Gross Point South. So um, let's see here. He was promoted to assistant general manager in 2021. He was part of the hiring process for the, the manager, the, the Pedro Cafalt uh, they have now and now. So, in terms of like, yeah, you just turned. I mean, like, that's it. I mean, am I, am I missing something? And there's is more and more experience there. Or is that it? I mean, it just makes you wonder since he was part of hiring Griffal, if that was part of just keeping him there so they don't have to pay off another manager. You know, you know what, you perfect, brilliant, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Because that's a, the Ryan North thing to do, right? Yeah, I'm not paying extra money. Screw that. Screw that. It's being, <laughs> No, speaking of, and speaking of not paying extra money too, or just screwing things up, the Angels decided to go put everybody on waivers. And guess yeah. what? Cleveland cleaned up. They picked up Lucas Giardolito, big White Sox, uh, Ronaldo Lopez, and former Tiger Matt Moore. And the Reds picked up Hunter Refro and Harrison Bader. So if you're a, a, by the way, this was all reported by Jeff Passan earlier. So if you are a Ohio fan of baseball, which I don't think there's too many people in here, maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Um, well, the case is you're, you're thinking, thank you, LA angels, angels, who is more dysfunctional, Uber, the angels or the white Sox? (laughs) You know, we're going to ask we're going to put a poll in here. YouTube, everybody who's watching us on YouTube, who's the most dysfunctional team in here? (laughs) Well, you know, the angels, I mean, they potentially could have gotten for a rental, one of the best prospect returns ever for a rental with Shohei Otani if they had put him on the market, right? Right. They pass on that. So they decide, hey, we're going to buy and we're going to go for it. And, you know, some people thought that was fantastic. At least they made a good faith effort. Hey, we're going to make a push. Well, Otani gets hurt, and all of a sudden they pull the plug after less than a month. Uh, just absolute embarrassing. You know, uh, they, they, you know they, they changed course uh, with the wind. The wind changed direction, and so did they. So – um, unbelievable for the White Sox. You know, it's interesting. 
what's the White Sox identity? When you think of the White Sox, what do you think of? You know, that's, a, that's, that's to me, that is just a, an anonymous team now, which is amazing because a year or two ago, we thought oh, that's, that's a team on the rise. You know, uh, now they're just kind of a nothing. I mean, <laughs> they're just a team that's kind of floating out there. I, I don't know. So, you know, I really think, I look at it this way. Remember, Luis Robert was the identity. Who, yeah. That's what I was thinking of. And then Bobby Abreu, who was, I think, the heart and soul of Bobby Abreu. Wow. Jose Abreu. Jose yeah. Abreu went to Houston. But you're the, look at the, you're the Angels. This is a team that two years ago took 20 pitchers in the draft. Yeah. 20 pitchers. Who does that? <laughs> Bizarre. And, but no, you're right, though. But you, you, like the White Sox. Yeah, Otani, you know what? See, having Otani go nine against the Tigers is pretty bad. So I'm going to put the Mets, White Sox, in their pool. Mets, White Sox, and Angels in their pool. Who is the most dysfunctional team that you've seen this season? Because, honestly, I, I the White Sox are always – the White Sox, to me, are – here's another thing, too. You have all this great young batting talent last year. They had this great team. And like even they had a great, they had a good pitching staff, and nothing came of it. Nothing. They were the yep. best team in the division by far last year in terms of talent on paper. Better than Minnesota. You're, you, you imagine being Minnesota right now. You're just sitting there going, "What do we have to do? We're, we're not, we don't have to do a damn thing. Yeah. You know why we don't do anything in the damn trade line because we know Chicago is going to shoot themselves in the foot. The only team they should be worried about, and rightfully so, is Cleveland. Cleveland. I'm still convinced that Cleveland's going to. Make the postseason. I, I, will they win the division? I'm not sure about that, but I, I really I thought they would be the one. That, that Oakland is pretty dysfunctional. No, you're right, Todd. I should I should put Oakland in there, but I was looking for more of the um, Oakland is like too Oakland's too easy. You know, you can you, you know what I mean like they're just poor, piss yeah. poor management, piss poor the way they. I mean, they have a possum in the away booth for Christ's sake, in the broadcast booth. They have a possum living in there. <laughs> well, they literally don't try to win at times, right? Yeah. I mean, the Mets are trying to win. They just aren't capable of it these days. And um, uh, same with the White Sox. You know, they, they thought they had a team and ended up not having a team a couple years back. So, you know, I, I did hear the Mets were pretty much cleaning house in their front office. Um, <laughs> right. thank you for the $10, by the way. And he's absolutely right. The Angel, Los Angeles, Los Angeles Angels translates to the Angels Angels. <laughs> <laughs> off the frickers building exquisite i mean you know what as being hispanic i, how I totally missed that is wow <laughs> i am i am you know what that's that's bad that is bad i am i'm a terrible hispanic person wow okay well, wow well yeah you know, <laughs> they say you know, the tv oh he's a cop's cop or he's a Manager's manager, right? No, the yeah. Angels, Angels. Yeah, Angels, Angels. He's, he's, yeah, there's just that. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's gold. All right. Uh, but yeah, there's this functionality. But I look with Cleveland, I like the way Cleveland handled the waiver wire there. That was, that was good. So, uh, let's continue on. The Yankees, we just missed the Yankees calling up Jason Dominguez and Austin Wells, mm -hmm. two of the biggest prospects they have. And, and so I think, he, I think the Yankees are basically saying, uh, the Padres too. Yeah, you know what? You put the Padres in there too. Jacob in our chat says uh, the Padres. 
they seem like they're like dysfunctional when it comes to chemistry. Seems like you know they 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 sign the good names on the back of all the jerseys, uh, but they kind of uh, put everybody in the bag and shake them up and throw them on the field, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, but at least they're entertaining. The White Sox yeah. are not entertained right now, so I, at least we can. Well, you know what? The Padres entertain, so that we'll just give them a pass. The Angels are just a joke, and, and at least the Padres can are somewhat competitive. I mean. So, but yeah, the White Sox or the Yankees rather are going are basically uh, saying, "Hey, we're just gonna go with all." You. I mean, they have a pretty young roster, anyways. I mean, they had that. It's it was it was bound to happen, and so and I saw Jason Dominguez play last year for Somerset in the playoffs against Erie. That kid's fast. He's one of the fastest players I've seen in a long time. Is that right? Good bat to ball skills. Just hit. I mean, you hit. You hear it. It's he hits it. It's a crack. It's really is. Mm. Uh, yeah. So it's really. I really think that they they're onto something with him. So, well, there's a few good players coming up. You know, it's that's uh, more more fan pressure going to be put on Scott Harris about Tigers players who may or may not need to be uh, called up because other teams are bringing up some young talent. Yeah, I don't and trust the Tigers fans saying, "Why aren't we?" Yeah, look, I mean, Uper, wouldn't it be embarrassing? Uh, you know, wouldn't it be embarrassing that Cole Keefe hits thirty home runs this year because he's at twenty four. He had a twenty. He had another. Him and uh, Jay Hen went back to back tonight. Yep. And you're going if he hits thirty in Toledo for the season. That's just embarrassing. He doesn't even get a sniff called up. So that's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, it's just that's just that's, that's bad. I mean, it's not like he's Quincy the uh, Quincy Deporti. Who hit three last year for the Tigers in Erie? Sure, because that's a that's a guy who was a minor league veteran. That was a guy who's been around or was coming back. So, independent leagues and other things. Yeah, and all that stuff. So, um, put this way, what's what's the drawback? What what would be the the disaster scenario of Colt Keith playing in Detroit? Is there one? No, there's not. I mean, the only thing they would have to do is they would have to make room for somebody on the forty man roster. So. Yeah, that's well. where that's the problem. He's not on the 40 man roster. So they have to put a spot for him. So the question becomes then who gets the ax like right now with Lipsius and Perez, they're on the 40 man. So if they get called up tomorrow, then it makes a lot of sense because Perez has, like I said, we said this earlier, they've, they've been both playing pretty solid. So that's, that's the only drawback Uber. I mean, yeah. in terms of de- de- defensively, Harris was talking about his defense and base running, and, and it's like, oh, come on, man. Like, get off. It really, like, it seems a little weak. Yeah. When, when the Tigers are 13 games under 500 or wherever they are, why can't they work on their defense in Detroit? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And also, I just don't buy into anything, you know, um, if he comes up and hits a buck 50, that his confidence will be shot for next year. I doubt that very much, right? Is it Vasquez? Vasquez is the reliever that just had, didn't it? The lefty from Philly. Yeah, yeah, that's Vasquez. Because um, somebody was asking about, oh, the the other the, the one they just added uh, the ERA over nine. Um, oh. Baez doesn't have any minor league options. They're not going to send down Baez and Verling. I don't think it's going to. Verling can do some things. So, yeah, I, the guy I'm, I'm thinking of. Let me pull up the guy who. Yeah, because this is where. Again, I, I when I saw this move, I was kind of like, first name begins with a B. It's like uh, yeah, Bennett Bennett something or another. Bennett uh, Souza. Yeah, Bennett Souza. Yeah, thank you. 
I don't I don't understand. The, I mean, the the only thing I can think of, the only reason why I was thinking that they called them up or signed them in the first place, rather, is they do not have any lefties right now out down in Triple A. Ah. They have some. They don't have. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, but they don't. They're not going to bring a Adam Wolf or uh, Andrew Magno. So that's it. And I think that's the only reason why. Uh, I that's the only thing that I can think of. So, hmm. uh, in the last part, before we get to our segments, prosecutors in the Dominican Republic are investigating a second formal complaint lodged at the underage uh, lodged by an underage girl against uh, Wander DeFranco. So now we're looking at three allegations for Franco. So I, it, you know, the, the smoke is, is getting worse, right? It just, uh, again, you, I'll say it again. You hope for his sake that it's a money grab hoax, but judging by the pictures <laughs> and more allegations, it's not looking like that. It's looking like there's probably some meat on the bone there. Yeah, and uh, when it start, when you start getting more than multiple numbers like that, that's when you have problems like that. So, yep. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, that's gonna probably it'd be too easy to do or ugly for that. I mean, that's that's probably gonna yeah. be ugly for a while. So, but we'll look at something else different. Let's go on inside the numbers. All right, Uper, what is your inside the number? Uh, let's see. My inside the number is a very simple one, 250 and 300. The Atlanta Braves uh, hit their 250th home run on August 30th. That set a team record uh, with a month to go. So they have an outside shot at 300 home runs this year if they can keep hitting 50 a month. So – uh, just an amazing lineup that they've built up and down the lineup. There is just uh, always the danger of a three run Homer lurking, uh, with the Atlanta Braves. That's a nice way to play baseball. I would enjoy playing baseball that way. That's the Earl Weaver way to play baseball. Exactly. Right. Uh, so it's, it's a fun team to watch. I don't know how much Braves baseball you watch. Uh, I do like Acuna and Michael Harris. So I have been watching sporadically. I mean, I'll watch two, three innings here and there. Um, they crush people in the first inning. Ronald Acuna is just a run generator. Uh, and it always seems like they're, they're playing from ahead all the time. Uh, but yeah, they're at 250 dingers and shooting for 300. They, they are a fun watch. I mean, there's one of those things where they, their rotation, their rotation is also pretty deep too. their bullpen. They've done a very good job of constructing a team for the postseason as Tiger town said in our chat. And he's absolutely right. I mean, it's, you, you, there's one thing about that division too, with Miami and Philadelphia and Washington. It's pretty much now just the Braves and Phillies. Yeah. The, the Phillies have turned it on as of late too. So it's been, you know, we can pretend that Miami has been a contender, but if you look at the rest of the NL right now, it is essentially pretty much like just. I mean, look at the Dodgers. Dodgers are like at one point. Remember how the Dodgers are struggling? They are no just. Yeah, there's four games back of the Braves, the best record in the NL. Well, you know, Bryce Harper, when he came back early from the Tommy John surgery, he didn't have a lot of power through the early part of this summer. Uh, he's starting to crank it up now. He's 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 swinging the bat. He's a beast, exceptionally well. Of the last yeah, couple of weeks. Yeah, 
it, it, the bottom line is this. This is the one thing about baseball. You know, it, it would be the, the postseason if they repeated. But this is the thing. Like, baseball is a beautiful game where teams like that can come out of nowhere. But right now, it's the separation so big in the National League right now. It's it's not even I – mean, the American League is one thing. Yeah. But in the National League, it's another. So my instead number was 95 – or excuse me, where did it go? Oh, uh, show. Uh, this is what happens when your tabs crash. <laughs> oh, I hate Google Chrome. Oh, yeah, here it is. So my inside number this week is ninety-five. It was ninety-five. It's that's the extension, uh, and because he's in the ninetieth, ninety-five percentile, Matt Manning. What is his extension? His fastball, which is around ninety-three, ninety-four, kind of looks more like ninety-six, ninety-seven, which is why he's been probably having some success with it. Heard the definition according to MLB.com. Extension for those who may not know what it is. Quantifies exactly how much a closer to a pitcher's release point is the home plate. Taller pitchers with long wingspans tend to have the greatest longest extensions because their frames allow them to hold on to the ball for greater distance before releasing it. So, um, yeah, that's if there's one thing about Matt Manning, six mm-hmm. five six six wingspan. There, that's definitely the case there, and so. You look at the play. If you look at some of his baseball savant numbers too, they just you, you they're they are very scra- like scratching your head about it. Where it's it's you're not expecting it, but hey, look, Tigers kind of deserve some luck. Like not necessarily luck, but they deserve yeah. a little bit of uh. But having that kind of extension does help. You bet. You be and you <laughs> you being an ump. I mean, in terms of. Let me ask you this: When you see a pitcher like that, whether they have that tall wingspan, does that throw you off too? Is it up? It does. I mean, I would agree. Uh, the, the the long legs, long arms. Uh, you know, they tend to have a, a longer wind up. Uh, they you just sometimes have a harder time picking up the ball, uh, especially the first time you've seen somebody the first a couple innings. Uh, it can take a couple innings, and, and you know, for hitters, that means possibly two at bats. And the way the game is structured now, you only see someone maybe three times. This is going to say, because it just seems like, because especially calling balls and strikes to see that kind of like, especially if they slow the slider down like that so quick and you just have to, yeah. That was, that's, that's, you know, this is a, a totally different discussion. But when we talk about umpiring, sometimes, and I don't get into this with the people on Twitter sometimes, but late in the games, sometimes these umpires have never seen these relievers before, ever. You know, and if you don't think umpires get fooled once in a while by a pitch, well, I can tell you they do uh, because, you know, they're humans. <laughs> so just like batters get fooled. That's what I'm saying. That's why I kind of was like thinking about these, especially with Matt Manning, too, when he, especially when you could see his fastball, too. So I'm like, it's the way the release point, I'll have to slow it down. I'm going to probably want to do something with that. Um, Guardians DFA Haas. Wow, really? Oh. I'm sorry you broke up there. Who's that? Oh, the, the Stan put in the chat that the Guardians DFA Haas already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Yep. Oh. Yikes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know what to say about that one. I'm surprised it was that quick, but in other respects, he has looked so poor that I guess I'm maybe not surprised. Oh, the Tigers did. Wait. Hold on. The Tigers did call him up. All right. So there it is. All right. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm going to celebrate this. I'm going to celebrate this. What do we got? Andre Lipsius will be, was, re, was recalled from Toledo. Okay. There you go. This is a guy that, who I've been 
He's been your man for a long time. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you. It's, uh, you know what? I'm going to... I'm, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm beside myself. It's, it's awesome. It is, it, no, seriously, it is awesome. It is beyond awesome. And, uh, I'm, yeah. All right. So what are fans going to see with him? Give us the quick 30 second synopsis. What they're going to see from Andre Lipsius is a solid defender who can play multiple positions. He can play first. He can play second. He can play third. Uh, he can hold his own. He has a good eye at the plate. Can walk, can draw walks more of a gap hitter than a home run hitter, but he's a guy who will be able to make solid contact. But again, you, he's a utility player and he has been always working on his swing. He's always been a guy who studies the game. Smart guy was a nuclear engineer at the university or studying at university of Tennessee. Wow. So, yeah. So do you think we see less of Zach McKinstry or less of Zach short? That's or a good question. It. Or yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it, it's a good question. Now, if if Winsteel Perez also gets a call up, then somebody has to go, I would yeah. think. So I mean, Lipsius could play third. You know, him between him and Matt Verling, we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, I, wow, this is uh breaking news today. It's been a uh, I throw I throw myself off the game here. It's like I never really, I never thought the day that it would happen, I would be on. Here for that, <laughs> I'm well, still. That's, that's great. You know, I, I, it, it's it's good for the organization to inject the fresh blood into yeah. The, yeah. at the big league level. Um, you know, hopefully that does mean we'll see some Malloy, we'll see some Cold Keith at some point. Uh, why not? I mean, what have what do they have to lose uh, at this point for those players? I don't think it's a service time issue or anything like that. No. No, not at all. Um, yeah, it's right now. It's just really kind of like, it, to me, it just seems like it makes a lot more sense for the Tigers to do this at this point because honestly, why not? Why why not get like what else you got to play for right now? Um, yeah. I mean, if we're, if we're, I'm not trying to be morbid about it, but it's true. Like it's it's to the point where it's like, okay, well, it, it, the rest of the tight. I mean, the, as far as like. The, what the Tigers are going to do. They got the Dodgers. They got to go to, I mean, they have a pretty tough month ahead too. Sure. Sledding here. So why not? I would say if I had to guess, if Wenzel Perez comes up as well, I would think it's Zach short, right? Has oh, to yeah. go. Yeah. I would personally, I like short. I, I don't know if I like him more than McKinstry though. It's, it's, I don't think it matters in the end. I mean, neither one is going to help you win a title, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, who would you rather keep around? Hard to say, I guess maybe McKinstry has done a little more for them this year. He's had more opportunities. Yeah. You know what? Though I think of like as much as look, Baez has been a, a plus player. I mean, he has been able to, yeah. he hasn't hurt himself, you know? And, and so you feel bad, but at the same time, like if you're going to be thinking about the future here, the future so much, then you, there you go. Um, See, I like personally, I like Ibanez more than I like McKinstry in short. I think there's more power lurking there. I really do. Yeah, no, I, 
there's there's a I, I think the one thing let me ask you this because I think what keeps McKinstry here is because he can play the outfield, but then again, you also can. But then again, you, the Tigers really, I think they're set right now with Meadows being that he can play all over the outfield. So, mm-hmm. so I, yeah, I don't, this is going to be, it's going to be fun. So we're going to stick around anyways, because we still have to do the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, Uber, what is your good, the bad, and the third option? Uh, your of your your choice. <laughs> I, I went with ugly today, actually. <laughs> but um, <laughs> my good is uh, everyone should go to Baseball America or to JJ Cooper's Twitter account. Um, he has an article that's free right now, so you don't have to be a subscriber. It's about the ABS strike zone system uh, in AAA and how they're going to be making some changes next year. It's a great article, definitely worth your time if you're someone who. Uh, wants to see robo-umps in the big league someday. Uh, it's definitely something you want to read. They are making some changes that I've – one of my lasting co- uh, problems with going to the robo-ump is having the same strike zone for every player, uh, no matter what kind of body type they are. So, you know, Jose Altuve and Aaron Judge having the same strike zone makes no sense, Right. Even right. some guys who are the same height have different lengths, upper bodies or, or lower bodies. They should have different strike zones. Uh, so they are implementing something in AAA next year where they will have the technology to alter the strike zone based on the body type uh, and the stance of the of the player that comes into the box. Uh, if that works, then we're getting to the point where why wouldn't you use the technology, right? Um, right. Then it's becoming much more fair, because as it stands right now, I don't care what you say. That that box we see on TV is meaningless. I mean, I make fun of it. Sometimes I look and use it, you know, as a general guide. But it, it's the same for every batter. <laughs> it makes no sense. So it's only kind of a, a rough guide and not not the uh, a bible <laughs> of making these calls. So uh, I'm very interested to see that next year. Uh, definitely go read JJ Cooper's piece uh, at baseball America about it. Uh, it was, it's worth your five minutes. Um, my bad, you know, I was going to talk about the general malaise of the last week, but I kind of, you know, when we, before you got here, I was just kind of vamping away on that a little bit. I'm going to change to Riley green uh, on the fly here. I didn't look up any numbers, but I'm just going to kind of see what I see. He's hitting a lot of ground balls recently. Uh, he's a young player. He still doesn't have a ton of experience in the big leagues. I don't care how talented he is. There's going to be some ups and downs, but he's hitting the ball on uh, on the ground an awful lot. I and it's just a slump. I, I don't think it's anything to worry about long term. Obviously, the man is a he's, he's extremely talented. He's going to help carry this team to where it's ever is going to go in the next few years. But just in my non-professional mind, his swing looks long to me at times. Um, Versus some of his hot streaks, he's a little quicker. To me, I don't know, Raj. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. It seems like he throws his hands at the ball, and the and the the bat head really legs behind. He tries to fire it through, and if he's late with that at all, he kind of just rolls it over and um, uh, hits those ground balls. And he's kind of an easy out at that point. No, I I, I think there's something to that, though. I mean, I, I think it's 
there's t- it is sometimes equally frustrating because then when you see him, those that sometimes that same swing equals a double in the gap. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like you, it's like um, bring back Jim Price's buggy whip. You know, there are times where he was really whipping that bat through the zone, yeah. and he's he's hot as hell. Uh, but to me, it looks like it's been lagging a bit lately. You know, his hands are coming, but the bat head's back there, and it's just not whipping through like uh, it was a month ago. So, and again, he's a young guy. We might be getting tired as the year goes on here. Uh, we'll just have to see what September brings. Ugly. Today, there was a beautiful play made. Uh, Carson Kelly. There was a little bouncer off the plate uh, with a runner on first late in the game. I think it was the eighth inning. Uh, Carson Kelly came up out of his stance, grabbed that ball immediately um while it was in fair territory and tagged the batter runner fired the second abanez i think for a second had to remember that he had to tag the runner because the force had been taken off when they when they tagged the batter um and the tigers got a double play to end the inning it was fantastic really cat quick move by uh kelly um the yankees announcers however again these are guys who've been around the league been around baseball their whole life they're paid to impart knowledge on us. <laughs> and they were dead sure that the ball had to be in front of the plate um, for it to be a fair ball. Uh, and then they showed a replay where it definitely wasn't in front of the plate. Unfortunately for them, that's not the rule. The ball has to be over any part of the plate. It can be over the scantest millimeter of the plate. And that's a fair ball. So, and that's what uh, Carson Kelly did. Or he, leapt up and got that and made a wonderful double play. Um, the Yankees, unfortunately, left their, their their announcers left their fans thinking they got hosed, okay? And they didn't get hosed. Of course. So of course. Another, another example of the announcers just didn't quite know enough about the rules of the game they're covering. Yeah. They always do that, too. The Yankee, it's, it's a Yankee thing. It's not, it, it goes from the announcers to, so, Yeah. Yeah, it's just a it's a thing they do. Yeah. They always react about everything. They do, um, no doubt. So, oh, all right, let's see here. So the Andrew Lipsius thing, I was just it's been throwing me off. So, um, <laughs> honestly, uh, I would be so my good is just that right now. My good, my original good, actually, my original good was going to be the going into some one of the Matt Manning stars. Matt Matt, well, he's done the last couple starts, but. Um, at least the Yankee broadcasters who talk about baseball, he's right about that. So, but, um, no, today the good is the Andre Lipsius. This is a guy who I've been, again, this is not the to my own horn. It's not, I'm not, I'm not trying to do that, but the hell with it. I been the hell with it. I'm not just since it's hey, 20, you know, like, go ahead. You were a believer in him, Raj, before the vast majority of Tiger fans had any conception of who he was uh, and this is you know this is the vindication this is the payoff uh he's he's a big leaguer yeah it's man i don't know it's it's just it's a really good day for him really good day for guys like that who who just earned just busted his ass and i remember i remember i got a, 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 a friendly argument with jay markle of bless you boys you're already writing off nick Quintana, but you're gonna put Andre lipsius over him yeah 
I was right. Yeah, Mr. Quintana, where's he selling yeah. insurance these days? <laughs> or real estate. No, no, but all, in all seriousness, that's just good. Uh, <laughs> so my my bad, and it was something that Stan mentioned about Riley Green's numbers, but my bad goes to the way, I, in terms of how the Angels, this is too, like, the uh, the way they've, they've handled, the Angels have handled the baseball, the waivers. The, the Los Angeles Angels are my bad this week. They're just really, the whole thing is just, what are you doing here? And you know the owners were pissed at Artie. Like, really? Artie, Artie Moreno is my bad. He's just, I really think that he was trying to do these things to keep Otani, and then when he realized it wasn't going to work, and then Otani was shut down. Like, again, throwing in, in, there's just so many things that the Angels do wrong. Yeah. It's not, I mean, they can be perpetually bad, but it's just, it's so easy to put them as their bad you, but honestly, it's just uh, they want to get under the luxury tax. Granted, yes, as, as Stan mentioned here in the chat, but come, the, come on, I mean, it really, it, it, you moved your team to put yourself in the media market to get that shines because you know it wasn't the same as Anaheim. What a what a cheap cheap. He's one of the richest men in the world. What a cheap <laughs> fuck. Pardon my language. Sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't, I, I didn't say it. Um, yeah. So anyway, oh, sorry. I had to, I had to say it cause he is, he just, no, it's manning. That's another team. What is their identity? And they had an identity of Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, and somehow they failed to build a winner around that. And now they're going to move forward. Uh, how are they moving forward with those two guys? And how does it look to them? Especially when Shohei is a, a free agent, even with the injury, uh, that the Angels are out to, you know, cut a few bucks uh, here for the last four weeks of the season. Uh, can't look too impressive to him. I personally think Shohei is going to move either to Seattle or the Mets. Yeah, I think so too. And my ugly is the Kansas City Royals, who have lost <laughs> six straight for the second time, for the second straight month in a row. They've lost six straight for a stretch. They, it, it, uh, there's, eh, man. I think I saw a note. They're the farthest under 500 they've ever been in franchise history. That's saying something. Because remember, those Royals teams in the 90s we we watched were horrible. But you're getting outscored. And I, I look at the Seattle series as an example of this. They get outscored by 20, 25. It was a 25 to, let's see here. I'm going to do my math real quick here. 25 to 9. I mean, <laughs> but it, it just they, we, we, this got just annihilated 15 to it was Saturday. It was last Saturday's game. Yeah. It was, was laughing stock. And then you go out and get shut out at home against Pittsburgh. Come on. Come on. Yeah. They, uh, their plan has fallen apart and they're another team, you know, they fired Dayton Moore and they never looked around either. They brought in the homegrown, uh, replacement there, JJ Piccolo or Piccolo. What does it say? Piccolo doesn't matter. Um, they didn't look around either. They, they just hired a guy who'd been there the whole time. Dayton Moore had been there. Uh, so a lot of, a lot of Kansas city observers were like WTF with that, you know, what that too. But here's a breaking news. Miguel Diaz gets called. <laughs> what Miguel Diaz. The Miguel Diaz. The, the pitcher for Toledo with a Lipsius. 
Wow. What? What's he? What? What's what? he been doing? Uh, let me tell you. Whole lot of nothing. I didn't think so. <laughs> what just happened? What just happened? Well, obviously, you know. He doesn't have Malloy, to leave. Malloy wasn't yeah. ready. His, his laundry's not done. So they want to go. Oh, my God. Then they have to make a corresponding move for that then, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Miguel okay. Diaz. Miguel Diaz. I mean, no offense to... Oh, have you seen him play? Oh, you, I mean, that's a, I, I've seen him pitch. I mean, he's yeah. when he's his commands on, he's good, but he's just he's it, that's the thing. His commands always he's inconsistent. Yeah, really inconsistent. You saw him pitch in Iowa, didn't you? I think I did. Yeah, but it was kind of a nondescript outing. I mean, nothing, nothing that said, "Hey, you got to get him up there." <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, wow. Man, that's a weird way to end the podcast, right? Youper? I mean, that's Miguel breaking Diaz. news. Yeah, Miguel Diaz. No one look if you had if you had Miguel Diaz in, in your Deadpool or call up pool, then you know somebody <laughs> that works in an organization because there's no way. Yeah, he did say, uh, yeah, he, granted, he did say he was going to call up a pitcher, but Miguel Diaz was not the one I was thinking of, actually. Because really, I mean, then again, really, it's a hodgepodge of crap in Toledo. I'm sorry, that sounds harsh, but there's just a lot of bad pitchers in Toledo. No, it's true. It's true, Raj. I was thinking that maybe it'd be Sawyer Gibson Long, only because he's at least been effective. Yeah. Yeah, Sawyer Gibson Long. Yeah, I would take that. But Miguel Diaz? like, I, <laughs> I, You know, I really wish Chris was here, because I think he would have the same kind of reaction, too. Like, really? Miguel Diaz? I would, yeah. So he gives along has pitched really well. Jack again. They need lefties, but uh, that, that maybe that would have been too much. Of, I'm sorry, that might be a, too much of a stretch. Well, yeah. you know, as a reliever though, I'm wondering as a reliever, would he be? Could he hang in there as a starter? He probably would get torched. But that's the thing too. The only thing I don't understand is what he's not on the forty man, so they would have to make a, move, a corresponding move for him. So that's where I'm kind of, and yeah, and Michael has pointed out there too. That's why I'm kind. Of, that's why I scratched my head about it because I was just thinking to myself, who they're gonna, who they're gonna give the axe to then at this there point. There must be somebody they can put on a sixty day. Yeah. Well, okay. So I, all right. I feel like a dick. Um, the LDS has pitched better as of late. So it, it, after uh, having a month in July where he had a ERA of ninety or almost ten, in August he's he's gonna ERA one point five four. Eleven innings, right. eighteen strikeouts, five hits. Two runs. So he's pitched better as of late. Okay. So there we go. He's, he you know, at, 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 he's probably going to get, either if he sticks with the club for the entire month, what's he going to, at tops, he's going to get what, eight to 10 innings? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I trust him. Innings. Trust him, Fetter. There we go. What a night, Uber. Breaking news on a night that we didn't expect. I mean, I mean, wait, September 1st is tomorrow, and Cameron, our, uh, I would call him producer, one of our producers, because I, I would consider Cameron a producer. He's like, you guys should talk about September calls. Like, oh, yeah. But I always thought it was a foregone conclusion. Who is it going to be? But I didn't expect the activity tonight. But when I, thanks to Stan, who let me know, I was on my way home from, the reason why I do I'm late was because I had softball tonight. I had a double header mm. that ended at 837. 
and there was a sequence super that <laughs> and here i am i just came off i had uh i had my covid and sucked and you yeah know, you, you, you you remember last thursday last thursday was terrible i was coughing the whole time yes i didn't know i had covid though but uh now i'm Ooh. clear and all that i'm good and i took the pet stuff and i'm all set anyway um i had two plays that came to me first and foremost i had to turn a double i had Try to turn the double play and it didn't. But then one ball got smoked to me and it threw me back. And I managed to throw it over to Cody Saberhagen, who plays on my softball team. Yeah. And we got the out. And then, then I had to go up at bat. Then it was a pop up that got the stung the bat. And then somehow it dropped in the infield. They overthrow it at first. And I decided to run the second for whatever reason. And that was too much of my body. It's like, what are you doing, dude? I mean, look, I'm, I know I'm a heavy set guy, but it was just like, why are you running so much? And it, <laughs> Did you and get, I get there? To the, like, yeah, I got there. Then I get okay. back to the bench. I'm like, <gasps> I'm like wheezing. I wasn't wheezing, but it, surprisingly, I wasn't wheezing as much. So, oh, anyway. good. yeah. Oh, it was, a, it was a very crazy evening. But uh, thank you, Uper, again for holding down the fort. And thank you, everybody, for watching tonight on YouTube and everybody listening at home. Thanks. There's been some change, like some. Somebody reached out to us. Apparently, they've been having a hard time trying to find us on Spotify. We're working on the issue right now. Um, not sure what, what's going on with it. But uh, I talked to our friends over at the Fans First Network. And there's some good folks. And, uh, yeah, I'm getting to the bottom of that right now. So thanks so much for listening. We appreciate what we'll get back to you probably Monday. There's going to be, I think there's going to be some more news coming up. I will be tomorrow. I will be in Erie tomorrow for the whole entire Paul Skeens experience. Nice. Um, so Paul Skeens is coming to Erie tomorrow and I will be out there for it. So I got the radar gun. I got the camera. Apparently his Olivia Dunn, who is the gymnast who's popular, apparently for being attractive. Yeah. in town. Apparently, I don't know. There you um, go. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's supposed to be sold out tomorrow. So I have a seat. And so I'm going to take pictures, run around like, and I was, Asked to like they were like oh if you want to go on Saturday I, I don't know I don't think I will I just need to yeah, that'd be fun though that'd be great you were yeah. at Job's outing last day were you oh uh, you know that was that was Chris so props to Chris wow. I want to say shout out to Chris Brown who covered some games out in Lansing I will be posting videos of Paul Skeens yes I will be posting video I will be doing that as a service to everybody else there who wants to see it Tiger Miley Report will be doing Paul Skeens tomorrow cool. One exception, because it's Paul Skeens. And how often does that happen? Raj's special tribute to uh, Andre Lipsius will be coming out next Tuesday as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Chris Brown will not be in Erie tomorrow. Uh, Chris is in Lansing tomorrow. So we're splitting duties. So it's weird. We have been doing that lately, and it's been kind of more effective. Like, just uh, not necessarily effective. It actually sucks. I'm not going to lie. Chris and I... We have a travel. We have a really good rapport. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's nothing but good things about Jackson Job. Jackson Job's yesterday start was carp launch, phenomenal stuff, phenomenal stuff. And he's a couple of the videos, before. couple of those pitches just look sick. I mean, just yeah. absolutely sick. And all the all the you know the Justin Spiros and all those people in the world that usually post a video of Marcel Meyer or whatever, it's just been quietly down. <laughs> So I mean, Let's see, he's at like a buck seventy or something, right? Yeah, buck seventy in year double A mm-hmm. right now. So I haven't, I haven't kept up because I don't care. I'm sure he's fine, but he's, he's still fine. funny. Yeah. Oh, is it my job to travel? So Tyson, I want to know if I'm, if we, so, okay. 
what we do is all volunteer. That's why we put the PayPal and all that. I do the scouting. We do all the reports. We all do all that. I do get paid. Uh, well, if I write for fan sided, but it's not very much, if, if barely at all. But Tiger Miley Report is a whole volunteer operation. So we do the scouting reports, we do all that, and we do it for just we do it because we love doing it. And personal satisfaction. Fun, personal, yeah. Personal satisfaction. And um, we just like doing it. And it's like I would love for this to be my full time job one day, yeah. but it's not. It you would deserve that. What I can tell the folks, you know, if, you, if there's any first time listeners or short time listeners, the fact that you guys do that for really uh, just for your personal growth and, and enjoyment of the sport uh, and so many fans get to access that for free and, you know, really get to enjoy what you guys do, what you bring to them that they wouldn't see otherwise is pretty cool. Yeah, we like I said, it's there's a I put the donate button in our uh, chat there. Um, it goes you can you can do like a super chat here, but YouTube takes a certain percentage where you can just go right to us. So um, we again, in terms of like how many subscribers we have, we've gained this year. This is our biggest number for YouTube we've ever had um, in terms of per per season per year. Now in Twitter, we're it's over fourteen thousand followers on Twitter, and the website is doing about doing pretty well traffic wise too. So thank you everybody. We really appreciate it. And it's mm-hmm. again, it, it's a passion thing for us. I don't really, I even hate asking people for money, that kind of thing. But after a while, people, uh, it's one of those things where they're like, Oh, come on. You know, it's like, okay, fine, fine, fine. Um, <laughs> but we just do it because like the, the reason why for tomorrow is again, Paul Skeens and Erie is going to be a rare thing. And there's going to be, there's again, the, the buzz around it tomorrow too. It's, I'm actually leaving earlier than I normally do because of all the things that are going on with it. But uh, nevertheless, there'll be some video and we appreciate it. We'll be back. Probably there'll probably be a Monday show after the series against the White Sox. And we'll see if there's any other, we'll see what the corresponding move is for Miguel Diaz because they do have to make a move. So for myself and Youper, have a great night, great night, everybody have a great weekend and enjoy Labor Day. Which means what you don't wear white shoes anymore. Is that what it is?